welcome to this podcast, My Positive Birth, a little corner of the internet where I will be collecting positive stories from women birthing their babies across the UK. My name is Lisa. I'm a doula in southwest London. I have three children and two positive birth stories. I truly believe that we can all learn so much by listening to the positive stories of women and families who have gone before us. What their birth experience was like, what they did, how they felt, how they feel now a few months or even years later. So come and surround yourself with positive birth stories told in women's own words. And I hope you'll find a village here to calm you, but also to inspire you and give you confidence in birth. All women and babies deserve a positive birth experience. So let's get cracking on today's episode. Hi Georgina, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Uh, Perhaps would you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself and your family? Yeah, so um, my name's Georgina. Um, I'm a mum of two. My daughter Coco is going to be three in September and then my son Ambrose is 16 months um, and we live in Barnes with my husband Angus. Um, I am currently training to be a doula, which is how I know the wonderful Lisa uh, because we met last week um, and we both sort of have the shared passion and interest in positive birth, um, which is, you know, why I'm here now speaking to Lisa. Um, yeah, I don't know what else you want me to say. No, that's yeah. brilliant. Thank you. And uh, yeah, I'm just in awe. My youngest is six now and I feel like I had at least five years where I couldn't do anything. So I think you're amazing for all the things you're doing with your with your little ones at home. Um, and can I just ask, you've obviously got two children. Um, and would you say that both of your births were positive experiences? Yes, they were both positive experiences, but they were different because my first birth, which is the one I'm going to be talking about today, uh, was a home birth, a planned home birth. And my second was a hospital birth um, in a birth centre. Um, it would have been a home birth, but due to our living situation, we were living with my mom at the time and uh, it just it wouldn't have worked it being a home birth um, with sort of other family members around. Um, but yeah, on the whole, I would say they were both very positive birth experiences. Brilliant. Just what I like to hear. So lovely. You are going to talk to us about your first birth, which I actually think is brilliant. I think there's a bit of a myth out there that first births in particular always have to be difficult and um, tricky experiences. So it's really great to hear about positive first birth. So do you want to um, tell us whatever you'd like to from the sort of right from when you um, conceived really and the, and the pregnancy and how that went? Yeah. So um, actually, I want to start probably way before that, which is even when I was a child, I always had like a bit of a, an obsession with babies and birth and always used to ask my mum about our births, uh, well, her births with me and my sisters. Um, even when I was eight, we had to do like a school project and I was like, I really want to do mine on babies. And my mum was like, I just don't know whether that is, I don't think there's like enough there. Like, you know, let's choose something scientific. Um, but anyway, just growing up um, and right up until like I actually got pregnant, birth was something that I never feared and I know that is down to the way that my mum spoke to me about her birth with us um, so I really have her to thank really for that mindset um, 
and I think a lot of her generation have that mentality like it was you know just something that women just did and there wasn't a lot of fear around it um or at least not that I'm aware of I think that changed probably when birth started happening in hospitals probably 70s onwards I don't know mm-hmm. um even though I was born after the 70s but yeah I don't know it was it's all down to my mom I think that why I went into my birth with a positive mindset um so I when I first conceived in 2000 and it's actually 2018 I had a miscarriage um and it was very early on but then I got pregnant again on the next cycle um and I always knew that I wanted to like kind of do hypnobirthing and I was so excited and I didn't really have like a particular birth plan but I knew I wanted to, to go on like a hypnobirthing course um and during the so I did it with better birth stories um and it was on the course so first sorry first of all I have to say that there was no question that I well we hadn't even discussed a home birth um we had discussed that I was going to go give birth in a birth center um, at St Thomas's because we were living in Peckham at the time um so I think it was probably around the 20 so five months six months mark I did this hypnobirthing course and the, the course leader talked a lot about home birth and how positive home birth can be. Um, and my husband, Gus, turned to me and said, well, would you consider giving birth at home? And I said, well, yeah, I'd love to. I just didn't think that you would be happy about that. And he said, no, 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 like, I hate hospitals. I think that this would be amazing. So we literally decided there and then on the course that that was what we were going to do. Um, so... Yeah, that's how the home birth part happened. Um, and then we actually moved house and my new hospital, um, our new local hospital was Kingston. So I called them up, I called the home birth team um, and then basically planned for my home birth. The Kingston home birth team were absolutely amazing. And all my appointments were at home, which was just like like light and day compared to going into hospital. You know, I could just be on my sofa and it was just wonderful. Um, and then... Should probably start talking about my my going into labour. Um, no, no, I think the build up, the build up is really really helpful, and obviously the kind of yeah the thought processes. And uh, was your husband like was he always super keen to come to that course and and be involved? Is he always been was he quite engaged in? He was really engaged. I don't think he's as into sort of the hypnobirthing stuff as I was, but during my both births, he was very um, helpful with my breathing and reminding me of what I was capable of and breathe breath work, which obviously as hypnobirthing, I guess he probably just wouldn't want to put a label on it. Um, but um, yeah, I, I wasn't scared. I think, I think that is one of the, my, my the sort of main pieces of wisdom I probably want to share is that not being scared and really understanding and doing so much reading and surrounding myself with like positive birth stories um, and kind of shutting off any negativity. Um, that is what really helped me um, and understanding what my body was going to be doing when I was in labor um, and the whole way through pregnancy. Um, so really kind of like getting in tune with myself. So when, mm-hmm. when labor did start as well, first of all, it's my waters broke, which we were told was kind of like quite rare that your waters break before labor starts. And usually your waters break during labor, but um, I've been bouncing on my ball. Like, so I was 30, my daughter was born at 39 
past four. Um, and on 39 past three, I was like bouncing so much on my ball. And my, everyone was like, my husband was joking, saying like, you probably should chill out a bit. Um, <laughs> and then the next morning at 6 a.m., uh, my water's broke in bed. And I did that thing where I was like, oh my God, I think I'm peeing the bed. And my husband was like, no, you're not. The water's breaking, like this is happening. Anyway, so I called my home birth team. I told them and they were like, look, your labor's going to start probably quite soon. So just like chill out um, and just call us when things ramp up. But then nothing really happened for a long time. You know, I went and got my nails done, um, went on a walk and just sort of waited patiently for, or maybe impatiently for my labor to start. Um, was there um, any sorry any concern in your mind? Because often hospital policy would be that you've got a sort of certain amount of time, usually between twenty four and seventy two hours, and then they'd want you to come in. But was was that on in your mind, or did the yeah. team mention that they did? And I was, I was, I was nervous that there was like a stop clock on me. Um, but by the end, so by the evening, my husband and I we went to Pizza Express. <laughs> Um, and, um, the midwife called me and said, like, are you feeling anything yet? And I was like, no, not really. And she said, how's the baby moving? And I thought, oh, do you know what? I'm not actually sure. Like, I think she's fine. Uh, yeah, I'm not really sure. Like, you know, when someone asks you and you're just, you actually question it anyway. She said, why don't you just go into hospital? I know you're not obviously not having hospital birth, but go in, be checked and go and then go home and then get to go into bed and your label will probably start. So we did that. And on the way to Kingston, it was like 10 at night, like Coco, my daughter was like kicking away. And I just thought, oh, God, should we just turn around? But then we thought, no, we're on our way. Let's just get checked. So we went in. We said, oh, you know, we think that there's reduced movements. Um, so we were seen really quickly. And um, basically, uh, after like two hours of waiting and my contractions had actually just started, they were they were quite... They weren't like hardcore or anything, but I knew that they were things were happening. Um, we were like, right, we're ready to go. And then the midwife, not midwife, but whoever was on duty came in and said, oh, we're just going to get a consultant to come see you. And then a consultant came in and said, you're not, you're not going home. I'm going to induce you. And I said, I really don't want to be induced. This is not the plan. I know my baby is fine. Like my baby was kicking all the way to hospital before I even came in. And she said, well, you told us you had reduced movements. And I said, I know, I was I was a bit scared. I just wanted a bit of reassurance. But I know my baby's hurt. fine. I planned a home birth and that's what I want. So it was a bit awkward. Um, and then I said, look, can me and my husband just call our midwives? Um, and she said, yeah, that's fine. So we called our midwives and explained the situation. And they said, we said, like, what do you think we should do? And they said, look, like, basically this like this is kind of up to you you make the decision I think you know what's right for you and so we were like fine we're gonna go home um and because you know what like I do think like oh I felt really strong in that moment but then I did have to remind myself like the because the midwives my midwife said like you do what you what you want to do and because they didn't say like you need to stay in and be induced I think it was a mixture of the support from my amazing midwives and my own kind of courage of my convictions that made me realize that I didn't need to be induced like everything was fine so we basically just walked out went home and I, I knew my I'd started to have some contractions but they were kind of manageable but I was exhausted 
and went to sleep for a couple of hours. And then about four in the morning, I was like, I had a, a really big contraction, like woke up and then things really started to, well, what I thought was kind of ramp up, but um, <laughs> I didn't realize I had like another how many amount of hours to go. So yeah, it was like a beautiful sunny day. We had the doors open, um, like our patio doors. Um, and kind of, we just from about five, six in the morning, we were just sort of downstairs in our sitting room and my husband had the TV on. I feel like there was some sort of like match going on that day. I can't even remember, but he was definitely watching sport. <laughs> let priorities. Yeah, he definitely had his priorities in the right place. Um, and then um, I think at about nine, um, he called uh, our midwives and a midwife came over and we had a chat. And I think, you know, I was definitely like, this baby's coming soon. And she was like, no, I think you've still like, you know, you've got a bit a bit to go. Um, I think I, I think I was checked at that point and I was about three centimeters dilated and I felt really kind of despondent, but you know, I think things can change so fast. Um, so I, you know, I, it was fine and things really started to ramp up. I was doing a lot of breathing. Um, I did have hypnobirthing music on, but, um, I think I really started zoning out, which is, you know, what, what you do anyway, when, when your labor really starts to ramp up, I don't really remember that, but I was doing a lot of up breathing for that sort of first stage of labor and doing a lot of visualization. Um, and that definitely helped. Um, and then what happened next? So did you have any um, specific like TENS machine or hot water bottles? Or So I did use the TENS machine at the beginning, but I found it so annoying that I, you know, some people love them. And really swear by them. Like a friend lent, lent hers to me because it really worked for her, but it didn't work for me. And also because I was going to be getting into a birthing pool, um, I don't think I would have been able to use it in there anyway. Um, yeah. So I did a lot. I was kind of on my ball a lot. I'd actually got in the shower with the ball, managed to get the, the birth ball into the shower. <laughs> um, and so I did a lot of that. That was a, That was before we put the pool up. Then Frances, my midwife, so she left. And she was like, I've got another birth to go to. I remember being like outraged. And I was like, what? This baby's coming. And she was like, no, I'm going to go to another birth now. Like you hang tight. Um, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. Um, maybe in a couple of hours, get that pool blown up. So we'd hired this birth pool from Kingston Birth Pool Hire, which is an amazing scheme for anyone who's in Southwest London and wants to hire um, a birth pool for a home birth. Um, basically, it's a scheme where the birth pools are just passed around from person to person and you don't really you don't have to pay for it all you have to pay for is a new liner and hose and then you pick the birth ball up and then someone comes to pick a, ball, a birth ball up off you after they've had after you've had your baby so then my husband um he got the birth pool blown up and the midwife arrived again and I got into the pool and it was just amazing like the just get the feeling of getting into warm water was incredible um and it basically just it felt like I was in this my own sort of protective space that no one could get to me uh, unless they kind of asked, which was like really nice. My husband didn't get in to the water. Um, he stayed outside, but he was with me every step of the way. And um, yeah, so we were in the pool and then I could see my, this is quite a funny little thing that happened that my husband reminded me of the other day. He started cooking some lunch and he started cooking some pasta. And he asked my midwife, Frances, whether she wanted some. And he was like, yeah. And um, he started frying chilies and 
I, not only were me and the midwife coughing, but <laughs> I remember saying to him, Gus, come here, mid, mid contraction. I remember saying to him, like, don't make it too spicy, because I was really worried about the midwife, which is quite funny because I was like thinking of her knees. I didn't want her head to be blown off by the spicy pasta. <laughs> anyway, that was quite funny. Um, <laughs> so, um, Gus was having a great time. I can see why Gus wanted the birth at home now. He's watching his sport, <laughs> yeah, exactly. his pasta. Exactly. Um, anyway, do you know what? One mistake we did make was having a clock up. And my doula mentor has said to me as a doula, like, just remove all clocks from any labour you go to because we kept, well, I wasn't really aware, but he was, he kept thinking, right, this baby's going to be born in an hour. This baby's going to be born in like next 45 minutes. And the clock the timer just went on and on and on. I, I got to a point where I was sort of getting out of the pool, going upstairs. I really wanted to be kind of on the loo um, in private. I think so at this point, I was really getting a pushing urge, but I don't think I was really aware of it. Well, I think I wasn't sure, but I knew things were happening because I was really kind of going down and deeper. I wasn't really able to talk in between my contractions, and I really just wanted my own space. And my midwives were amazing. They kind of just like hung outside the loo while I was just in there with, with Gus, and I was really kind of like pulling down on him. Poor him. He was covered in so many bruises after, but most of them were from him pinching himself because he couldn't cope seeing me in that state. But I do think probably a lot was sort of me holding on to him. Um, and then we kind of went into the bedroom. And at this point, I, I think this is where I was transitioning because most of the whole time, most of the time through the birth, I was saying, like, in my head, I can do this. I can do this, like positive affirmations. And I really didn't want to think any negative thoughts or I can't do this. But the part where I transitioned, which I know is a lot for, you know, a lot of birthing people, you know, that is the point where you think, you know, get me out of this situation, like packing my bags, going home. Um, and um, yeah, so I was kind of on in the bedroom uh, on all fours. And I remember saying, like, can you just take me to hospital now? Um, like, I want a C-section. I want like an epidural. And they said, right, come on, George, let's let's go downstairs. Let's let's go to the pool. Let's get back in. Like this baby's coming. So suddenly I had this like new lease of of energy. Got back into the pool and I really felt this urge to push. I remember saying, I think I need to push. And they were like, Well, have a go. You know, if you can feel that urge, then go with it. So yeah, I think it was about two hours after that point until Coco was born. And I know this is a lot for this happens a lot in first time mums but there was a lot of you know pushing and they so they had a mirror in the, the water and the midwife could see and she could see Coco's head sort of going going up and down the birth canal and I just remember thinking like this I just don't know how this she's going to come out because it was hard that was hard you know it wasn't like my second which you know I felt the urge to push and he, oh, my son literally came out in like one breath literally he just sort of came out <laughs> Um, but with Coco, it was it was it was hard. it was actually it was hard work. But my husband was feeding me little like jelly babies and sweets between each contraction um, to kind of give me that that boost, that energy. Because I hadn't really eaten much. I was drinking a lot of coconut water. And something that did really help was with each contraction, my husband counted down with me from twenty to say twenty seconds down to one, and the counting down really helps like when you do a workout I like it when I do a workout and I like seeing how much time I've got left on the clock until I can like chill out and have a drink or a break 
And that really worked with me for each surge. I knew when it was going to be over and I could breathe and go back to zero and, you know, I'm fine. Um, I think he did that with, with me for, you know, pretty much till the end. We just kept counting down and I did it with him. And I think that's a, 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 a technique lots of people use when they're having panic attacks because it really kind of slows you down. Um, and then I kind of, the midwives really worked with me to help me find a position in the water. And I ended up sort of being almost sort of sitting up with my arms sort of around the pool. Um, and then I think she was sort of, Coco was sort of getting closer and closer. Gus went up to the loo and I remember just shouting, Gus, come downstairs. Um, because I didn't knew that, you know, I knew it was about to happen and I just didn't, obviously didn't want him to miss out on the birth. And yeah, so then I just, at this point, I just had really got this, because it'd been so long and I had been, like there, there was that sort of phase where I was not really able to talk to anyone. But right near the end, I really had this like, I don't know, I kind of woke up a bit and it was like, I can't really explain it. I was just like there, alive and like ready. Anyway, I sent, I felt this, I felt the burning, which is where obviously you're the baby, your baby's crowning, burning down there. And the midwife really sort of taught me through, like not pushing really hard at this point and sort of letting her come out. Anyway, after a couple of push, I think her head came out first and then the next contraction, the rest of her body came out in the water. And then she was put straight on me and obviously it was very like it was just incredible but the most amazing experience of my life hands down and yeah I just loved it even though it was so it felt very long and hard at times but I only look back at it with kind of happiness and pride I think it's probably like my most sort of it's my like proudest achievement definitely and um so Coco was on me. We didn't know at this point whether she was a boy or a girl. I was thinking, I was just sort of lying there, like, can't believe I've just done this incredible thing. Like, there's a human on me and, like, she's fine. But we didn't know that, sorry, she was a boy or a boy. Or, she wouldn't know she was a girl at this point. And the midwives were doing all these checks, checking me, checking her. Um, and it was literally, I mean, it felt like five minutes, but it was probably less than five minutes later. I said, hang on a second, does anyone know who this little person is because I don't and they were like yeah hang on we just just give us a second and I was like no I want to find out so then they lifted her up and they were like it's a girl um, and I was yeah, I was so happy I kind of said the whole way through I think she's a girl I feel like this is this baby's a girl um, and then so they got me out of the pool quite quickly because you can get quite cold I think after giving birth uh, the water had really started to cool down and it, obviously it was time to birth my placenta so we moved onto the sofa and yeah then I birthed placenta and Coco kind of started feeding quite quickly and it was just like so cozy just like being looked after at home on my sofa and my husband started doing like a little bit of cleaning up oh yeah I forgot to say sorry another midwife arrived um within the sort of last two hours um so I had two midwives with me at the end which was lovely um I think that is the norm for a lot of districts although you don't quote me on that um, and then Coco was fine but basically because my waters had broken sorry I've missed out quite a important part the whole time when um so the beginning part of my labor when the midwife first came around she said to me um look you're not actually like in established labor yet um so we might have to get you into hospital because because your water, because you didn't go into established labour after a certain amount of time from your waters breaking, 
uh, your baby could be at risk of infection. So we're going to have to probably take you into hospital at some point. And at the whole time in my labor, this was in the back of my mind because I was like, I just don't want to go. Like, this is fine. There wasn't much talk about it from my midwife. Um, but I did see her on the phone at one point. Anyway, it turns out that the hospital, the birth center was so full that there wasn't really space for me anyway. So they were like, OK, we'll just keep her with you. I was like, oh, I can't really care about me that, that much. Um, and um, so I actually I remember just thinking, I'm not going to mention this again. Anyway, luckily, I didn't have to go in. But what they did want me to do was to go in to hospital after Coco was born. Um, but right there, like lying on the sofa after like, you know, a 20 something hour labor, well, I say like labor, but from first contraction to the end, it was it was a long time. Um, the last thing I wanted to do was to go into hospital. Anyway, luckily, my midwife Francis said, "Look, your this baby is like incredibly healthy. She was eight pounds six and feeding, and just yeah, very. There was literally like nothing wrong with her." They said, "Look, if you want to stay here, stay here. Like we're not going to force you to go into hospital." So that was a real relief because. You know, I knew that we were all both fine. Did did they um did they explain? You know, what were they what were they actually going to do in hospital? They didn't explain. They just said it's called a protocol. You know, because your water because you didn't go into established labour for more than like well it was I don't know how many hours after twenty four hours after or something then you know your baby was at risk of infection but because they could tell that she was healthy they couldn't really justify it to me, um, which is why the midwife was like don't worry you're staying put so I was really grateful for that um and then you know I had a shower it was everything was perfect I did actually have a couple of tears I I was sewn up at home and you know I in advance of the birth I'd bought like a lamp um and various other things just to kind of be fully prepped so if anyone's planning a home birth um yeah there are a few things that you should get you know so you can kind of everything can be done at home um and um yeah then after that we were put into bed because it was about midnight or one in the morning at this point and I just remember thinking hang on oh the midwife's about to leave me and my husband with this baby like we don't know what we're doing like this is a joke and um I remember kept asking questions like what happens if you know what happens if she wakes up or like all these like questions like what do we do like we're not fit to be parents but it was all fine. Um, she was like, don't worry, someone someone will be back in the morning. Just go to sleep now and have a good night. I just remember feeling sort of so high. I was about wired. It was just crazy. I couldn't sleep for ages. I was like, how can I sleep after I've literally just done this? Like, it's not happening. Um, and I was absolutely starving as well. But I just couldn't, I just couldn't get myself out of bed to go and eat something. So, yeah, I did. Eventually I went to sleep. And the next morning, I think we woke up and the midwife was there. And yeah, it was just, I think I was like, I, I was in that state of like happiness and ecstasy. I don't know for like days afterwards, you know, I guess it was just the oxytocin and, you know, the whole. Yeah, what all I, those endorphins. Know, all the endorphins and like everything we've learned on our course, like the main thing on my doula course, not the main thing, but like such an important part of birth is protecting the oxytocin. And I think that's what, you really can do at home and that is why I'm so like pro home birth like that that feeling stayed with me for so long after and I think it helped that Coco was a sort of dream baby not dream baby but you know what I mean like it just she was so calm and we didn't really have any issues with her or everything just went well um so it was a very happy experience and I just look back at it it was like so much happiness and I'm so 
glad that I like trusted my body and I knew what I wanted. And I was I was lucky. I think I was lucky that I got what I wanted, but also I don't think it was just luck. I think it was like just it was trusting my body to do what it's meant to do really and actually um it's really interesting you saying the bit of your story about going in for the just to check the movements really and how actually you know it could have taken a very different path I, I wonder how often when people come on this podcast to tell their stories you know that it, it it will rarely just be a simple case of oh, you know, every, everything just went really smoothly to have this positive birth. You know, I think realistically, we do need to be prepared for different situations that will arise. And generally, the maternity system likes to intervene. And actually, you know, if at that point in time, the consultant had come in and and you hadn't really had any strong feelings about, about birth and how you wanted it to go, you know, you probably would have said, okay, yeah, let, let, let me be induced. And, uh, you know, it would have taken would have taken a different path, um, yeah. certainly. And kind of all the things you're saying were, were important to you about the birth being at home, you know, at minimum, that that would have been taken away from you. Yeah, I always think that. I always say to my husband, like, imagine imagine if I'd been induced, like, what, what would the whole experience look like? Probably wouldn't be talking to you now, Lisa, you know, about this. It'd be so different. Um, so, yeah, I always wonder about that. Well, um, just really useful to know kind of any any reflections um we've obviously just talked a little bit there about preparation but anything else that you think was particularly beneficial or any wisdom um you're very welcome to draw on your second birth as well um if you want to anything that you can kind of hand down to our listeners i think i mean i know i've probably touched on this but it's the main the thing is trust yourself and your body and don't let anybody make you think that they know you and your body um better than like no yeah I got that wrong um basically you know your body better than anyone else so don't let anyone tell you otherwise sorry I completely blew that um but um yeah just shut off from all negativity and just research you know understand what happens at each stage of labor what does that look like what does that potentially feel like um you know surround yourself with positive stories listen to positive podcasts you know I read so during pregnancy I read Ina May's Gaskin's um, guide to, ch- to childbirth and that was a real turning point for me not a turning point but it just kind of enhanced everything I was feeling and it just gave me this excitement um, to give birth I was just it was so basically the book is um, it's all birth stories from um, the birth center called the farm which Ina May Gaskin um, she basically runs it and I think has done since probably, I don't know, maybe the 70s. And it's all positive birth stories, mostly positive. Um, and it's just amazing. It is honestly incredible. So if anyone is 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 worried about birth, I would really recommend reading this book. It really cha- like just yeah made me feel so excited. I think that's the, the main word. Um, and also understanding, getting an, a really good understanding of the of birth hormones in labour understanding the role of oxytocin um endorphins and adrenaline as well i think understanding those as well are really it's really key mm, yeah yeah thank you and then just super briefly now at the end um because i think you mentioned that your second baby was born in hospital um but i think perhaps for many women another amazing kind of legacy of having a positive first birth is that it really sets you in good stead for future births and sadly it's sort of the converse if you have a 
have a difficult first verse. Um, so just any, yeah, any sort of a broad sweep of of that birth. And obviously, it was in a in a different setting, and you and you'd really enjoyed being at home the first time. But were were you able to keep it keep it positive? And, and what did you kind of carry forward into that birth that that helped you? Um, so yeah, so the second birth um, was in a birth center in Cambridge. It was in the Rosie, and um, we were in a lockdown. So it was the sort of January, February. 2021 lockdown um so I was actually quite excited about a potential day out because I hadn't really left the house (laughs) (laughs) desperate times desperate times um but yeah so I had actually I'd had a sweep the day before um because I I was actually I was having sort of the induction chat from my midwife's and I think at that point I was really nervous. I, I know I would have definitely been persuaded for, to have an induction. I don't don't think I, I didn't know enough about you know, I don't know what I know now, having learned everything on my dealer course. Um I think if I was to have another baby and I'd gone sort of overdue, um I, I wouldn't be induced. But I think for this second birth I probably would have um given in and, and had been induced. So I ended up having a sweep because I was trying to do everything I could to avoid indu- avoid induction. So I had a sweep and then sort of five in the morning the next morning I was sorry this was 41 plus one um I so I had I've been sniffing clary sage the night before which is uh one of the it's like a it's a herb that um herbal remedy it's essential oil I think basically helps your womb to contract but my dad works in essential oils and had given me this sort of very strong version I didn't the bottle didn't even have a label on it I didn't yeah probably don't know what it was it was like I don't know anyway it was it was potent I'd like poured it onto a rag and I'd had it like in the room like the whole room was like a clary sage like god knows what anyway the next morning um started feeling some twinges and I kept running to the loo and said to my husband like, I think it's started I'm not sure and he was like yeah it's definitely started um he could just tell in me, but I was slightly in denial, I think, because I'd had a few, like, a few weeks running up to that point. I was like, it's happening, but it wasn't. Anyway, um, suddenly things ramped up very quickly. Like, so I was, like, throwing up um, just from, like, the intensity of it. And then my mum came in was like, oh, do you want a cup of tea? I was like, do I look like I want a cup of tea? Like, no. I was like, can you just go and make sure, like, Coco's okay? Because it was about 6 a.m. at this point, and I knew she'd be waking up soon. My husband called the birth centre. And they started asking me questions like something like date of your last period. And I was like, this is not relevant, but or something like that. And I was like, oh, when's your due date? Anyway, I couldn't, I couldn't answer. Um, and things were happening really quickly. And so they were like, oh, she needs to come in immediately. And I said to my husband, I said, no, I don't. Like, that's ridiculous. And Gus said, no, 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 like you do. This, things are happening fast. I ran around the house looking for my hairbrush and my hypnobirthing but God knows why, but thought that they would be important at the time um little did I know it was very fast and then we went straight into hospital and then I the whole way through the whole way on the drive to hospital it's about a 20 minute drive I Gus was driving with one arm on the steering wheel and I was in the front seat and I was like yelling at him to like push my back like just you know the sacrum part your bottom of your back because it really helped like he was like pushing it I was like push my back push my back I was surprised it's amazing that we didn't crash anyway um they got into the, um, we got to the, the birth center. Gus parked the car. I was met by the midwife, um, and taken to, I was taken into the the birth like a room. And I said, "Oh, please, can you fill up the pool? Like, I really want to get in." 
and things were just happening. I just, all I remember is like the words that, that come to mind are sort of like intensity and speed. Like everything was just happening so fast. But I think that was because my contractions were so close together. There wasn't really much time in between them compared to my first labor with Coco. There was time in between them, whereas this second time just wasn't much time to kind of gather my thoughts. Um, and I was thinking, I don't think I can hack another 20 hours of this because I was comparing it to my labor with Coco. And I remember thinking, sort of lying, you know, on the bed thinking, I'm going to need some pain relief because this is like, this is not okay. But that is my usually my threshold. Um, when I think I need, you know, pain relief, that's usually the point where it's like, things about your baby's about to be born or, you know, you're transitioning. Um, and then so the pool still hadn't filled up. Gus had returned from parking the car. Uh, it was amazing, like really helping me. I was I was trying to use gas and air, but it didn't work. Same with my first, actually. I didn't say that um, about my birth with Coco. I tried gas and air. It just made me feel very sick. And the sort of having that thing in my mouth during a contraction just, just didn't work for me. It just, yeah, I didn't like it. Um, anyway, within like 45 minutes of being at the birth center, I mean, the pool wasn't even filled up. I suddenly felt that like familiar burning feeling. And I thought, hang on a second, this cannot be happening. I was still fully clothed at this point. And I said to the midwife, I can feel a burning. I didn't know why I felt like I needed her sort of like, you know, green light. But I think I did in that moment. She said, your baby's coming. Like, get get those leggings off immediately. And I was like, no, it's not. She said, yes, it is. Like, you know, get your clothes off. Um, and then literally like the next moment. So I'm probably going into way too many details, but I can't not. Um, no, I like it. This is a bonus, bonus birth story. <laughs> the next moment, I literally, like, I didn't. This is where I feel like real like instinct just took over. So I got down on my knee. So one knee was on the floor and one foot was on the floor. And then my arms were on the bed. And then I just felt this like urge to push. And I pushed it. Well, my water's like broke. And I thought I'd like pooed myself or something. And she, the, I was like, oh, no, I'm sorry. And the midwife was like, no, 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 that's your waters. And I pushed again. And then um, his head came out. I think, I think at that point, I just, I was so like, that was probably, I just felt, I don't know, it was just very animalistic. It just wasn't even really like engaged with what was going on around me. And then I pushed again and I knew though that the midwife's behind me was kind of going to catch him because at that point I thought, I just need to, I need to get this, this baby out for, you know, this, this, you know, for the, I guess the pain to stop. Um, and then I just remember feeling my head in my hands and then my husband was laughing and I said, well, why are you laughing? And he was like, do you want to know what the baby is? And I'd said the whole way through the pregnancy, it's a boy, gosh, this, this baby is a mini you because it was kicking around. I don't know. I just had the feeling <laughs> and he was laughing. He's like, it's a boy. Um, so, yeah, it was just so different. And so the intensity of it was just crazy. I, yeah, I look back at that and, you know, obviously that was a very, it was a positive experience because, you know, nothing, you know, nothing went wrong in the birth and, it was, I think, I couldn't compare them because they were so different. You know, someone was like, oh, I probably would have rather, you know, I can't decide whether I would have rather a long birth or a short birth because, you know, a short birth is more intense, you know. Um, the only thing that slightly tainted my second experience was that I was slightly coerced into having active management for the birth of the placenta, um, which was quite disappointing because basically really disappointing. The midwives were great there, but a midwife did sort of lie to me and say I had to have um, the injection to birth my placenta, which it turns out I didn't, I could have birthed it naturally. Um, but, you know, nothing, nothing went wrong. And, you know, 
I don't know why she said that. Maybe she was confused. I don't know. But I kind of wished in that situation, looking back, if I'd had a doula with me or someone who hadn't, you know, if I hadn't just given birth, I would have been able to question it. But I wasn't thinking straight. So if I'd had a doula with me, a doula might have said, hang on a second, she wants to birth the placenta naturally. I don't see any reason why she can't, you know. So that was the only negative thing. But I've really learned from that. And if I do have another baby or when I'm working with clients, you know, those are the things that, you know, I can kind of help people out with. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I had and then the rest of the experience in the birth center was beautiful. We had like a double bed. It was so well looked after. So the, so the shift changed after um, after the baby was born. And then um, we had new midwives. And just the whole experience after that was just lovely. We stayed in for a few hours you know, had delicious tea and toast, which I'm sure everyone, most people who are given birth in hospital know about because it's just like the best toast and tea you'll ever have. And um, then we left and got home in time for Coco's tea time and bath time. So that was really wonderful. And yeah, I loved, I just loved both experiences. They were so different. I couldn't compare them really. Like just, yeah, just love giving birth. Yeah, great. (laughs) thank you so much and actually it's really helpful I think um that you know when we talk about positive birth not necessarily talking about perfect birth um and you know that situation shouldn't have happened to you with your um placenta but um and I'm not detracting from that but equally just because overall you'd had such positive experience it you know it gives you that buffer to kind of weather yeah exactly and I also love all the um all the little humorous bits as well and I guess I think again often when we think the kind of our cultural narrative of birth is is really not something that you'd you'd be finding anything to laugh about and um I I love all those bits and stories and you know laughing at the moment that that he's born like it's such a it's such a lovely way to welcome someone to the world I love it it. there's one one other funny thing from the first birth which was me and my best friend Jules always talk about it she always reminds me is when Gus when I was telling her about my birth story with Coco Gus, obviously, like he has his version of events, which we do. They do slightly differ because he keeps saying to me, George, like you weren't, you weren't in the room. You don't have like any idea what was happening. But he, um, he said at one point he went upstairs, he went upstairs and screamed into a pillow, which makes me laugh so much because I think he needed some sort of outlet of like this experience. It's just like, like nothing he's ever done before. So yeah, I always think about that and laugh because he obviously didn't want anyone to know how he was feeling, but he was probably like, oh my God. <laughs> um, so yeah, that does make me laugh. But I love looking back at all these positive, like happy things because, you know, you're right. The culture conditioning that we have is that birth is terrifying, scary, dark, you know, dangerous. And, you know, there should be laughter and joy and yeah, there are, but it's hard. It's not a walk in the park. I'm not saying that. Like, I did find it really hard. But obviously, like, if you trust your body and you know that, like, the pain you feel isn't, like, pathological pain. It's not like you've been in, like, a serious car accident or something. Like, that feeling is meant your bo- is, is what your body is meant to be doing, which is how I kind of rationalized it. I wasn't scared. I was like, okay, I can, I can work with this because I'm not scared. It's not scary pain. And, yeah, that's probably what I'd really be helpful I pass on to people that's amazing I think that's a brilliant place to wrap up so thank you so much for sharing um, both your stories with us and um, yeah I'm sure it'll be really helpful to others thanks Georgina this podcast does not present itself as medical advice and neither should it be taken as such the views represented here are personal to the women telling their stories 
Sorry for this slightly patronising disclaimer, but such is the world we live in today. Always seek out the information you need before making your own decisions. <laughs>